Welcome to Memorizing Scripture. I'm your host, Gordon, and this week we're learning James 1.12. James 1.12. But today is also Thursday. <laughs> Thursday, February 29th, that is. It is a leap year this year, and it is the leap day, I guess, if that's what you call it, the leap day, February 29th. So that's kind of fun. So um, I have a friend who was born on the 29th of February. Uh, she is supposed to be older, but I think she's like six years old. <laughs> Let's see, six times four is 24. No. So uh, she's older than that. She's got to be eight or nine, maybe. So anyway, uh, just foregoed this episode to make it evergreen. <laughs> but uh, today is the leap day, leap year, and that's kind of that's kind of fun. Anyway, uh, <clears throat> let's go ahead and recite our memory verse, James 1.12, James 1.12. Let's jump into it. Here we go. It says, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Which God has promised to those who love him. All right, so this week we have learned quite a bit of things. We've learned about James and who he's writing to. He's writing to the dispersed Jews under persecution, and he's telling them to say, count it as joy, brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. And he also says in our memory verse, blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trials. And yesterday we talked about how can we be joyful? How can we be blessed? How can we feel blessed under trials? And that that can be a really hard thing. And so if you didn't listen to that episode, I would encourage you to go back and listen to yesterday's episode. But Today, we're going to talk a little bit about what does it mean to be steadfast under trial? How do we know that we're not wavering or how do we know we're committed to God? And the word steadfast means to remain or stay behind when others have departed, to bear up under, to endure, to suffer patiently, to continue firmly, to hold out, to remain constant, to persevere. And trial means um, a putting to the proof a direct temptation to sin, a trial, calamity, an affliction. And so we're reading this verse, and how do we know we can be firm? How can we be steadfast? How can we suffer patiently when we're being directed, tempted to sin? Because if you're like me, I'm, you know, I was born a sinner. I'm, I'm a Christian now, but that doesn't mean temptation of sin is gone. And so in our heads, when things happen, if someone anchors you, it's not like I can avoid that anger sometimes if 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 there is a situation where i might be jealous um i might not always be successful and you know push away that temptation because i might want something that someone else has so there's these different situations where um that come into our life with sin but how do we know how do we become steadfast in that and so we're going to talk a little bit about an example of someone who was steadfast and what that means. But before we do, I do want to I do want to read this verse in the NASB version because I thought it was pretty interesting. Um, Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial, for once he has been approved, which before for us was for when he had stood the test. For once he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. So I thought that was interesting also for once he has been approved. In other words, when he has proved himself, when God, when you're, when you're being faithful and God looks down at you and you're either 
standing with God on whatever issue it may be or sin and overcoming that temptation with God or you're succumbing to it and you're falling to it. That's what he's talking about here. If you are, are proving yourself, if you have stood the test to shown to be genuine, that you're a true believer. And I think when things happen in our lives, again, I mentioned this earlier this week, that some of us are fair weathered. Some of us fall to temptation. And, and there's others that I've seen that when times are hard, whether it be days, weeks, months, or years, there's a point where they give up. And man, when it's a longer time, I want to encourage you guys, stay true to God's word. Just because God's word isn't quote unquote working, however you want it to work, doesn't mean that he's not there and has a plan for you. Because I think some of the times when we want God's to work the way we want it to work, it's not necessarily godly or God's plan. I could be wrong, but I know in my life, even the littlest pride that goes astray and I go off on my own journey, even something like that, God corrects me in the way that he needs correction and I have to humble myself. I have to really humble myself in order to come before God and say, I was wrong and this was a trial that I should have overcome and I didn't. Or if I can see it coming, now that God's purified me over and over, <laughs> especially with that over and over and over, then I can find victory in that. And I can also see that in others and help them find victory. So let's go, let's go ahead and jump into our story. And if you can think of one person in the Bible, if you're familiar with the Bible and you can think of one person who went through a big trial, who would it be? That's right, Job. <laughs> well, you might have said Jesus on the cross, but we're going we're gonna to talk about Job, the story of Job. And if you're not familiar with the story of Job, Job went through a lot of loss. And we're going to briefly, briefly, briefly just go through the story. And I'm going to start in verse 1 here. And it sums up Job in just one sentence. It says, there was a man in the land of Uz who was named Job. That man was blameless, upright, fearing God, and turning away from evil. So immediately we got this picture of Job. He's blameless, upright, fears God, and turns away from evil. A healthy fear of God. Knows who God is. And during this story, we have Satan going up to, the, to God and talking about, I've been throughout the earth. And, uh, you know, Job doesn't fear God because he really hasn't stead, doesn't, ha hasn't uh, gone through a trial, hasn't stand firm. And in verse 9, it says, Satan answered the Lord, does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made a fence around him and his house and all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands and his possessions have increased the land. But I reach out with your hand now and touch all that he has. No, but reach out with your hand now and touch all that he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. And so in this, the next few verses, God says, okay, go for it. Wipe out what he has. And so Job lost his animals, his ox, his sheep, his camels. He lost the children he had. And... Satan goes back to God and says, if I take his health, he'll, he'll, um, he'll curse you. And then that's what Satan does. He's got 
Job has uh, his health boils from head to toe. But in verse 1 or chapter 1, verse 22, it says, Despite all this, Job did not sin, nor did he blame God. So he was going through a lot of trials and he wasn't blaming God. And, and that right there is encouraging. On top of that, he's got people entering his life that are pushing him to curse God or to admit that he had sinned. And that's why this is all happening to him, which is not true. In verses chapter two, verse nine, it says, then Job's wife, then his wife said to him, do you still hold firm to your integrity? Curse God and die. But Job said to her, you are speaking as one of the foolish women speak. Shall we actually accept good from God, but not accept his adversary? Despite all this, Job did not sin with his lips. Ooh, that gave me a little bit of chills right there. Um, shall we actually accept good from God, but not accept his adversary? I mean, doesn't get any more true than God. If, if God gives and takes away and God gives us trials, should we not accept them? He is trying to teach us and grow us and purify us. And so throughout this book, Job's wife and friends thought he must have sinned greatly for something like this to happen. And we know that that's not the case. And we go back to verse one. He was blameless. He was upright. He was fearing God and turning away from evil. And as the story continues, his friends talk to him and there's a cyclical cycle of Job and his friends and Job and his friends. And, and, and as the story continues, Job asserts his, asserts his innocence. He makes some accusations about God, kind of feeling like he's alone. Does God know what's going on? The, those types of things. Um, he never curses God, but God responds by asking these powerful questions, kind of a power statement too. He says, who is almighty, eternal, and all-powerful creator? God asks that. And this and he goes and he goes on and on and God asks who created this and who created that and who knows this and this knowledge and he he basically proved that we should trust God because he's in charge of everything. And Job is not. Job is not in charge. He shouldn't tell God what to do or how he should act or how he should respond or what he should think. And so just like this in our life, we should trust God because he is in charge of everything. After all that, what, what God says, basically Job admits that God is Lord and he responds in chapter 42, verse one. He says, it says, then Job answered the Lord and said, he probably said it like this. I know that you can do all things, Lord, and that no plan is impossible for you. Who is this? who conceals advice without knowledge. Therefore, I have declared that which I do not understand, things too wonderful for me, which I do not know. Please listen and I will speak. I will ask you and you will instruct me. I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eyes sees, but now my eyes sees you. Therefore, I retract and I repent, sitting on dust and ashes. This is Job's confession that he admits God is Lord. He says, I retract and I repent. He knows what he was doing was wrong. And so after that, God restored Job's life. A couple of verses later in verse 10 of chapter 24, the Lord also restored the fortunes of Job when he prayed for his friends. 
and the Lord increased double all that Job had. Now, with what our trials go through, you know, if we have a friend who dies or someone who dies, it doesn't mean that God God is going to bless us in the same way he blessed Job. Exactly. It might be. That would be wonderful. But again, when Job came out the other side, he showed true confession, true repentance, and showing God probably double the glory than when he when the book started. You know, that could be a, a, a reference or a parallelism to how God blessed him. But throughout the story, God never showed or never told Job why these things were happening or, or how it got started with Satan. And I don't know if that would have really made it better or worse for Job. But the point is, regardless, if we know the reason. Sorry, but but regardless, uh, but the point is, regardless, if we know the reason or not, that's what I'm going to say. <laughs> I was reading my notes here. I apologize um, that we know that God is sovereign and we are to remain steadfast. As our memory verse says, we are to remain steadfast. God is sovereign. And so it doesn't mean that it's easy if we love and trust God. We know that the trials are for us, that God has a purpose for us. It's the purpose of growth. And our response reveals a lot. It reveals a lot about God, just like um, Job's wife. It revealed a lot about her, her response. Um, Or our humility like Job in the end. Are we going to respond like that? And so I just want to encourage you guys, as we're talking about this and you think of trials and your response and and um, how things are ending up in your in life? What what does that look like for you? How does God test us, and how do how do we respond? How do, specifically how has He done that in your life? Will we be like Job's wife and want to curse God, or will we be humble like Job in the end and show humility and repentance? And that's something to think about. All right. Well, it's a great story. Um, it is an entire book. And so if you uh, want to read the book of Job, go for it. Let me know what you guys think of it. And um, I may have missed a few points there, but it, it's a huge, long book. And so I was trying to uh, make it as brief as I can for the purposes of this podcast. But let's jump back to our memory verse, James 1.12. James 1.12 and wrap up this podcast. I'm going to say it again. Each line I'll say twice, and I want you to say the second line with me. To get you involved. All right, here we go. James 1.12. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Which God has promised to those who love him. All right, terrific job. And until next time, continue to put on the mind of Christ. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Memorizing Scripture. I do hope that this content does help you draw closer to God. And if you enjoyed this podcast and want to help the impact of our show, please like, rate, review, comment, subscribe to this podcast. It does help get the word out, and I would truly appreciate it.